Hello, everybody. Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. Got a busy edition uh, today. We're going to talk. We're going to talk tech football, and don't worry, I've calmed down quite a bit. So we'll have a fair discussion of everything that happened today and what the future may hold. We're talking a little bit of conference realignment, but this time we're not talking the Big 12. We're going to be talking some of the lower-level conferences and lower-level mid-major program conference realignment. I'm going to follow up with some wrestling talk, not a lot of Star Trek talk this week. I'm also going to talk about the Chiefs and the Cowboys, and I will end with the tip of the week, the new segment we started last week. We're going to start the. Uh, we're going to have another tip of the week uh, a little bit later in this episode. So let's start with tech football, and uh, obviously, uh, pretty. There's really no easy. There's really no way to put a sugar coating on it, but uh, horrible, horrible loss to Kansas State today. I mean that that Kansas State team is pretty awful. Um, they are not going anywhere either. That in fact. Uh, that will probably be Kansas State's only win this year. Maybe they, I mean, they'll probably beat Kansas. That might be their only other win. So this is not a good program to lose to. Um, Tech started as well as you as you can. I mean, they were up 14 to nothing before Kansas State even got the ball. Um, you know, they took a 24 to 10 lead into, into the locker room. And you just start thinking about, you know, all we got to do is hold on. We, you know, we are one half away from being bowl eligible. And that, that should be, you know, goal number one. Now, it's, you know, being six and six every year shouldn't be the goal of this tech football program. But, you know, you got to build, you got to build steps. You got to stack success, as someone might say. Um, And then second half, I mean, it was Taco Tech at its finest. I mean, they completely folded, gave up a safety, gave up a field goal, couldn't get anything going on offense at all in the second half. Nothing. Um, you know, a lot of people are going to, a lot of people are upset about the fourth and going forward on fourth and six. Honestly, where you're at in the field at that point, I would have probably gone for it too. So I'm not going to, you know, hang anybody out to dry on that deal. Um, and then you've got Kansas State at third and 34. Third and 34. And Tech does what it does best and is, and they allow Kansas State, they turn to turn third and 34. To first and ten, and how do they do it? They do it by committing a personal foul that they didn't need to do at the time. I mean, how else is a team going to get first down on third and thirty-four without some sort of stupid personal foul? It it's not going to happen. So, at that point, you just know it's this is tech, this is Taco Tech folding it up. And they end up losing twenty-five to twenty-four, and there's a lot of tech fans very upset. And I, you know, I'm just going to come out and say it. I think we're going to see a change in the football coach position. I'm just, 
you know, re- realistically, and you know, a lot of people like Matt Wells. A lot of people don't like Matt Wells. I'll, you know, in all honesty, there's more people that don't like Matt Wells than like him. And, you know, I think realistically, I don't see Tech winning another game. So you're going to finish the season five and seven. And I just think, you know, as much as Kirby Holcutt wants this to work out, they're, I mean, they're going to have to make a change. Uh, I think the fan base is is at a, at, a, at, a, at a level of intensity that it's just I don't think Wells is going to get another year. And, you know, let me clarify something, you know, make sure everybody understands this. I don't relish fo- coaches being fired. Um, and I grew up in a coach's household. And, you know, I had to hear a lot of garbage from parents and fans that knew nothing about the sport, and it was terrible. It, it was awful, and it wasn't fair to my dad. It wasn't fair to us to have to hear that about our dad. So, I mean, I don't want to – I'm really going to try and not bash Matt Wells too much because, I mean, he does have kids. He, he seems to be a very nice person. Um, you know, he, he he's, he's done stupid things. I mean, not being able to name – one thing you like about Lubbock is pretty stupid, and, and that's a bad landmine to step in. Um, he's made some baffling decisions on the field, but, I mean, overall, he seems to be a nice guy, um, and it's just not working out. And, you know, I think he'll be very successful coaching somewhere else, just like we've seen with Cliff. Um, but I just I think it's time to move on, and, you know, I think there could be sunny days for tech if they make the right hire. Um, but you know, I think, I think that that's going to be the decision that's going to be made at the end of the season. I mean, I don't have any motivation to tune into next week's Oklahoma game. It's going to be a bloodbath. If they can keep it within 30, that's going to be a victory for tech. But I mean, I expect it's, and it's, and of course it has to be on national TV where we embarrass ourselves. Um, but I mean, I, I expect, probably Oklahoma to score 70 or more points next week. And it, it may be to be over by the end of the first quarter. Uh, they may have 30 points before the first quarter's over. Um, I just, I, I have no faith in this football team. And, you know, I just, it's, it's, it just continues to be a sad mess of a football program. And, you know, all I have to say about tech football is, Basketball starts November 9th, and we'll talk more about tech basketball here in a few minutes. But anyway, I want to get – let's get talk a little bit more uh, things that are less depressing than Texas Tech football. Let's talk a little bit of conference realignment, and I'm not going to talk Big 12 today um, because that, that domino has fallen for now, and I'll say for now because, you know, I don't think this realignment stuff is going to be uh, stopping – it's at a pause for now with the Big 12 um, for the next few years. But the Big 12, well, let's blame it on Texas and OU. Texas and OU departing for the SEC has caused, caused another, more, uh, another domino to fall, and that is uh, with the lower-level conferences because now um, we, uh, there was an announcement on Monday that the AAC is going to be taking six uh, new teams. They're getting all six teams from Conference USA. Uh, those teams include UTSA, North Texas, Rice, Charlotte, 
Florida Atlantic, and UAB. So Conference USA decimated Monday. Uh, they, they got themselves down to eight teams. And the bloodbath continued um, later on in the week as, as reports are now that the Sun Belt is going to be taking Southern Miss and most likely Western Kentucky and Old Dominion is the other one I've heard. And so Conference USA will now, down, will now be down to five teams. So we'll talk a little bit about Conference USA and why I'm talking about Conference USA on this podcast here in a few minutes. But let's talk a little bit about the AAC's decision to take those uh, teams that they took. So number one, um, you are going to have a hard time, and, and we experienced this in the Big 12, you're not replacing Texas and Oklahoma. Um, the four teams that are coming into the Big 12 are very good programs, and I think that stops the bleeding uh, but we're going to lose money in the Big 12 because we've lost Texas and Oklahoma. Now, Cincinnati continuing to be successful on the football field, that helps. You know, BYU has struggled the last couple of weeks, but, you know, that's a very strong brand to bring in to the Big 12. Houston is certainly a strong brand, and I hate to say that because I think they're going to out-recruit Tech, um, which we already have recruiting problems as it is. And then finally, you got UCF. <laughs> who's had probably the biggest down year of the four new teams, but still pretty strong brand, up, and it gets you into Florida. So the Big 12 picked the best four teams they could to come in to the Big 12 once Texas and Oklahoma leaves. But, I mean, you lose. And so let's talk about the AAC. And the AAC is losing a lot with the three teams that they're losing um, to the Big 12. And so – Let's talk through these six teams. Um, UAB is a good pickup. UAB has been very strong in football, um, you know, and they they went down to where they ended the football program. They literally discontinued the football program for a few years, and yet they've been able to build it back up. They're building a brand new on campus stadium. Um, I, that's a good pickup for the AAC. Um, you know, um, UTSA is having a really strong run. UTSA is a very new football program. They're less than 10 years old. You know, 2011 was when UTSA started football and um, that they've built it up. Now, it's easy to build up a quality football program when you're in San Antonio, literally in the middle of Texas. You got you get to play at the Alamo Dome. Um, UTSA has a lot of good things going for it. And so it's going to be interesting to see because I think they're going to be losing their coach after this year. Uh, their coach is going to have a lot of options. Um, so I, I think he certainly, if Tech does make a coaching change, um, he will probably be on the list of potential replacements. And I'm not going to give you my opinion on potential replacements yet because, number one, the job is not open yet. Um, and then number two, it's just not the time, not the right time, but you know, you will hear my opinions pretty quickly, uh, when we get to that point. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they can continue that success with whoever comes in and replaces their head coach. Um, North Texas has had, had some pretty strong seasons. They've fallen off. And in fact, Seth Luttrell, 
um, who, you know, three years ago when Tech was looking for a coach, when Kansas State was looking for a coach, he was a name that a lot of people wanted to see come back to Tech. He was an assistant here. Uh, there were people that wanted him at Kansas State. He, you know, ends up, there's certain circumstances, ends up having to stay at North Texas. And, you know, he may be on his way out the door uh, before this season is over. So, but, you know, North Texas is in a good position as well. You're in the Metroplex area. Facility-wise, you're you're pretty decent football stadium-wise. Your basketball is kind of – they need to fix that. And UTSA, too, needs to fix their basketball uh, facilities as well. Uh, you know, they're not as strong basketball-wise. But, again, it doesn't matter. With these conferences, football is king. So, I mean, UNT is, a, I think, a pretty solid pickup – for the AAC, and I think they're going to be a program that can build build back up again. Um, then you've got Charlotte, and Charlotte, another one very similar to UTSA. Their program is very young. Um, it's about less than 10 years old as well as an FBS program, but they've, they've really made some big strides. You're in a very good location uh, for recruiting, right? Smack dab in the middle of, of the East Coast. Um, and so I think that's a pretty solid pickup for the AAC as well. Um, and then you have Florida Atlantic. And Florida Atlantic, this is another one, a little bit of an outlier. And here's why they're an outlier. Um, they they were so, they had some solid seasons with, uh, well, I think one season, with uh, Lane Kiffin at the, at the helm. I think you're picking up Florida Atlantic for two reasons. I think you're picking them up for potential. I mean, you're in – you're in Florida, so you're replacing Central Florida with another Florida school, um, and you're and it's a media market. You know, Boca Raton. Um, I think the AAC believes that that is going to get them the Miami market, which is a pretty significant market, and you get a pretty solid team with it with Florida Atlantic. That one to me, you're you're picking Florida Atlantic more on potential versus what's going on. And then to me, the most baffling, and I know why the AAC did it, but they really d- they didn't read the room very well, and, and they're not going to get what they think they're going to get is Rice. Um, the number one reason they pick Rice is because of the Houston market and because of the belief from the AAC that you're going to get eyeballs in Houston to watch Rice football. And Rice is an awful football program. I mean – when was the last time Rice had a winning season? <laughs> good question. And there's really no other good programs at Rice. Now, if you're talking like solid, prestigious academics, well, Rice is your team. But ac- athletically, Rice and Tulane are going to be competing to be the bottom, the cellar dwellers of the AAC. So, I mean... And, and, and I don't think you're going to get the Houston eyeballs being a part of the Houston market with Rice. Because I think half the people in Houston probably don't even know Rice is in Houston. So that, to me, is baffling that they would go that route. Um, and so this is why I'm talking about this. So I grew up in El Paso. And in El Paso, we have a university called UTEP. And so I do I do still pay attention to things that may or may not affect UTEP. And this is a this is a big thing that's going to affect UTEP with this conference realignment because UTEP is now stuck in Conference USA with five other teams and it's looking bleak for a variety of reasons. Now, 
you know, UTEP is first of all geographically UTEP's in, in, in doesn't fit with Conference USA, um, you know, and that's a problem. UTEP, their best fit has always been with the Mountain West, and and really going to give you a little bit of history lesson here with UTEP and and conference affiliation. But the beginning of the end for UTEP with conferences was way back. You go back to the '90s. Um, the WAC was a became a 16 team conference. It was the first super conference that we had. Um, and so what they what they did is you know they brought in the leftovers of the Southwest Conference, SMU, TCU, Rice. Um, they also brought in UNLV, Tulsa. San, um, San Jose State at the time, um, I think that was it. Those were the teams they brought in, and you know, and, and they also brought in Fresno earlier. And they they formed this sixteen team super conference, first one, and it fell apart pretty quickly because I mean the travel was nightmare because you have Hawaii, which is this ginormous albatross um, on any conference. I mean uh, the travel costs to go to Hawaii are probably staggering. And so it falls apart pretty quickly, and the former members of the WAC, minus UTEP, because UTEP was in the WAC since the 70s, but the members of the WAC pre the big expansion plus UNLV meet in secret, and they form the Mountain West. And that was the big blow to UTEP athletics because you were losing a lot of your rivals. You lost... BYU and Utah, which were massive rivals for UTEP, especially in basketball. You lost the University of New Mexico. That's a rivalry with UTEP. And so you end up uh, having to stay in the WAC. The WAC, you know, adds teams. They added Nevada, I think. Yeah, they added Nevada. They added Boise. This was the beginning of the rise of Boise. Um, they ended up adding, I think, those two, uh, they, they added first, and then eventually Louisiana Tech came in. And so the WAC kind of was around after that for a few years. But then TCU leaves. They end up going to the Mountain West and getting an invite. Um, and then they end up going – well, actually, I take that back. They went to Conference USA first. Then they went to the Mountain West. You know, TCU has been in a million conferences. They just keep moving around. Um, but they lose TCU, and then the big blow – for the WAC comes when, and we're talking 2004 expansion, when the ACC expands, and then that trickled all the way down to um, Conference USA, lost a lot of their solid teams like Louisville and Cincinnati. They bring in SMU, Rice, Tulsa. UTEP gets to join the party. They join the party late, but they make the jump from the WAC to the Conference USA, which at the time was the right move because it was very clear the WAC was a sinking ship, especially in football. And I mean, you know, just a few years later, the WAC is no, I mean, the WAC does not have a football, they're not a football conference right now. Now they're building, they're trying to build one back up with uh, certain teams, but you know, the WAC is no longer a football conference. And in basketball, I mean, you're playing a lot of like Utah Valley state is in the WAC, Chicago state's in the WAC. Cal Baptist was in the WAC, which he was NAIA when I was in school. So it's, I mean, these aren't solid programs. Um, so UTEP made the right call back in, it was in 2006 when they, when they left 
2005, excuse me, when they left for Conference USA because you were you were going to be with the TCUs, the SMUs, Tulsa. You get Houston as a rival. Um, you know, it was still a pretty solid conference. Well, 2010 rolls around, conference expansion strikes again, and, you know, TCU actually never was in Conference USA with UTEP, sorry. But SMU leaves, Tulsa leaves, Tulane leaves, Memphis leaves. And, you know, Memphis and UTEP had built up a pretty fun uh, rivalry in basketball at that point. And so that was – so UTEP stands pat in Conference USA, and then they start bringing in teams like Western Kentucky, Florida International, Florida Atlantic, Charlotte, Old Dominion. Um, you kind of could tell, I mean, this is just not a good fit for UTEP in this conference. So there's a lot of rumors that the previous regime at UTEP, the administration, the president, and the athletic director, they, they're at back in the expansion uh, conference realignment of 2010, there was an opportunity to go to the mountain West. Um, and the reason there was that opportunity is because the mountain West lost some teams, during that conference realignment, Utah went to the Pac-12. BYU chose to go independent. Um, there was rumor, you know, Boise at that point there was they were looking at being a part of the Big East, and yeah, it sounds as dumb as 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 I say it. They were going to the Big East, um, and so was San Diego State, by the way. Um, and so there was an opportunity for UTEP, and apparently there was an offer on the table for UTEP to go to the Mountain West. And the previous regime turned it down. And the reason they turned it down is because they wanted to stick with the Texas schools that were left. At that point, the Texas schools that were left were, you know, North Texas, UTSA, those schools. In hindsight, it was a huge mistake. Um, here's, here's, here's some advice. And yeah, I, I'm sure people, you know, UTEP administration listens to my podcast. They should, obviously, just like Texas Tech administration should listen to it. But um, UTEP, their best fit was with those schools out west. Um, most, of, I'm just gonna be blunt, and I'm from El Paso, and I'm gonna just say this: most of Texas doesn't really consider El Paso part of the state. And so there's not really this desire of oh state pride let's stick together and heck I'll be honest too there's a lot of there's a lot of state of Texas that doesn't consider Lubbock and Texas Tech you know part of the, the real Texas which you know they're full of you know what when they say that but um, UTEP's best bet is to be part of those Mountain West schools you have natural rivalries with you know, the University of New Mexico's of the world, the Wyoming's, Colorado State's, the Air Force, um, that that's where you naturally fit. And now we're in this situation where they're going to cobble, they're, they're going to attempt to cobble up a Conference USA. Um, most likely New Mexico State's going to join Conference USA. Um, and then there's rumors of they're going to try and get some FCS schools like Sam Houston State, as one I've heard um, to come in. I've even heard something as ridiculous. Well, let's bring in UMass and UConn for football only. And then Arkansas Little Rock and UT Arlington can play basketball in Conference USA. And so UTEP's in this position 
because nobody wants them right now. The Mountain West is not interested in expanding. And so the best bet for UTEP is to hope Conference USA stays together. And yeah, it's going to be goofy. I mean, there's just no no way around it. It's going to be a goofy conference. I mean, you'll have Old Dominion. You'll have New Mexico State in the same conference. I mean, it's just not going to make sense. But the other option right now is you would have to be an independent in football and then play in the whack in basketball. And that's not a good option. Going independent has not it hasn't worked out well for New Mexico State. Now, I know people are going to say, well, Notre Dame and BYU. Well, there's those are religious schools with huge followings. You know, Notre Dame was was cognizant enough of the way college football television was heading to sign a deal with NBC to be like the exclusive Notre Dame network. And so it pays for them to be independent in football. And then they were able to parlay that into being a part of the ACC in other sports. So they're rolling in the dough. You know, BYU, a little bit of a different story. You know, BYU, um, they chose to go independent in football. And then I think they're in like the West Coast Conference for now in basketball. They're coming to the Big 12. Um, you know, BYU, you have a massive amount of Mormons in this country and they were, they were banking on, Hey, we're going to have those eyeballs on BYU football. We have our own television network, BYU TV. It'll work out. And I don't know if it's necessarily worked out well for them at being an independent, probably the best thing that worked out well for them is they've been able to parlay going to a major conference and yeah the big 12 is still a major conference and so it's worked out for BYU but I mean they spent 10 years being an independent having to struggle with scheduling and all of that but you know UTEP's not in that position you don't have a lot of eyeballs around the country that are raring to turn in tune in to a UTEP football game you know New Mexico State's had to deal with that as well and so this is not this is not a good independence is not a good thing. And then going back to the WAC, you know the WAC's not the conference it was back in the '90s and '80s. So I mean, your best bet right now, if you're UTEP, is stay in Conference USA. Realignment is not done, um, and there's already rumors about you know at some point the Big Twelve is going to want Boise and San Diego State to join. Personally. As Big 12 person, I don't want that. You know, to me, the best bet, if you're the Big 12 at this point, is you wait for the Pac-12 to fall apart, which it will. Because at some point, USC and Oregon are going to be lured either to the SEC or to the Big 10. And once that happens, the Pac-12 is going to collapse. Then you come in as the Big 12 and you collect the desirable uh, leftovers, the Arizona schools. Um, possibly Utah, Colorado. If UCLA's out there, you get them. But um, you know, there's still this. There's still this rumor. Well, Boise could be on the list of bringing into the Big Twelve. I think no matter what, the Mountain West is going to be forced to expand at some point, and I think UTEP will be one of the candidates um, to expand. So. Um, but I mean, bottom line too, you know, there's some things you can control if you're UTEP, there's some things you can't, you have to have a more relevant athletic program and, and they've done that. I mean, they're, they're bowl eligible, you know, congratulations to them. 
they're going to do something that probably Tech will not do this year and go to a bowl game. Um, and then I think basketball, they made a good hire in uh, Joe Golding. Now, Mr. Golding needs to watch who he associates himself with because he is a well-known associate of Judas Country Club Beard. And I would stay away from from that mess, and we'll talk more about that mess in a few minutes. But um, I think he is a solid hire for the basketball program. And so if you start winning, you know, you can stand pat here in the conference you're saying, yeah, it's going to be a mess. But you you win for a few years, you're going to be a heck of a lot more desirable um, moving forward into possibly the Mountain West. So enough talk on football for today. Let's talk a little bit of a tech a little bit about tech basketball. Not a lot of news this week. Um, we had media days um, for tech basketball. Um, we also had the preseason top twenty five come out and. Tech is not ranked. A lot of people are mad about that. Um, I'm actually not. I, 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 I like that it's going to be a bulletin board material for Tech. Um, I, this, is, this is a team that I think is going to have a very solid year. Um, they, they, I think they're very talented. They're going to finish, I believe, in the top half of the Big 12. Um, and they're going to be a tournament team, I think, very solidly in. And I think they're going to surprise some people. Um, I know that they're going to surprise Country Club Judas Beard February 1st. So um, speaking of that clown, uh, he's been all over the news making a donkey out of himself this week. Uh, he's giving up beer for the for the uh, season. So tech fans, you know what to do uh, February 1st. Um, and then, you know, he looked like an awkward moron at the, the group picture. But, you know, that's what he is. And February 1st is going to come. And it'll be fun. Just watch. So, uh, but basketball is going to be great. You know, we open up with North Florida November 9th. It's going to be a great season. Uh, I hope to make it out to several games this year. Um, you know, but, you know, th- this is a good problem to have. Tickets are hard to find. And that's a fantastic problem to have if you're tech basketball. Because um, I remember the days of like Pat Knight where you'd show up, you could show up 10 minutes before before uh, the game and still get pretty good tickets uh, just at the ticket box office and just waltz on in and, you know, find your seat, stretch out. I mean, you could socially distance very well in the Pat Knight era of tech basketball. So, um, you know, it, but it's going to be a great year in basketball. And, you know, Mark Adams was the best hire they could have made. And the more I see him talk, it just makes me more excited uh, for basketball. So um, let's move on a little bit. So no Star Trek news this week. Um, there's just not really much to tell. I'll, I'll, I'll give you my review of the um, Prodigy next week uh, when episode one drops. Talk a little bit about NFL, Chiefs, and Cowboys, uh, two teams that are not following my pre- preseason predictions. Uh, the Chiefs are going to – I think they're going to have a very hard time – uh, making the playoffs. If they do, I think they're going to go out in the wild card pretty easily. They don't have a defense. Poor Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the guy has struggled to ever have a defense in, in on any team he's played because he certainly never had one at Tech. And, you know, it's just – it's someone give the man – you know, I'm asking Santa Claus right now, Patrick Mahomes needs a defense for Christmas. Please. Um, you know, they play Tennessee tomorrow. I, I think Tennessee probably wins that game, uh, especially, you know, I, you know Tennessee's, I, I think, a pretty solid team. Um, they were one of the ones in the preseason I looked at that could potentially 
dethrone the Chiefs as the AFC champions. Um, that hasn't really changed. I know they beat Buffalo a couple weeks ago. I, um, I still think Buffalo is the, the prohibitive favorite, but Tennessee, I think, is up there as well. So I, um, I think, unfortunately, the Chiefs probably lose this week. Uh, the Cowboys are on their bye week, and, but that is after they beat the Patriots and they won in New England for the first time since 1987. Okay, just to give you an idea how long ago that was, Tom Landry was still the coach of the Cowboys the last time they beat the Patriots in New England. So a uh, pretty good win. It was a fun game to watch, too. Um, this, I, I'm trying not to get my hopes up about the Cowboys, but they are looking very solid in a lot of ways. That Diggs is, oh, my goodness, he's a player. It's fun to watch. Um, but, you know, I think right now they're in the top three in the NFC. I, I still, I think until somebody beats them, Arizona's number one and good, good for cliff. Um, great for cliff that he's been able to, he got, he got bowl eligible. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I think, I still think the Rams are a very solid team as well. You know, I, the, the Matthew Stafford trade, it is amazing to me that they were able to get Matthew Stafford. And I just, I'm, I'm happy for him that, you know, after being in Detroit Lions purgatory for all of his career, he actually is now getting a shot at possibly maybe making a deep playoff run. Um, you know, and then I think the Cowboys are right up there with them. I mean, a lot of people talking the Packers. I just I don't trust Aaron Rodgers not to blow up this team at some point. Um, I think it's very clear this is his last season in Green Bay, and I think he's burning bridges on his way out the door. Um, I think, I mean, I think by default, they'll be the NFC North champions, but I mean, have you seen the other three teams there? That's should be easy, but you know, the Cowboys are looking good so far. Um, and then I think they've got a great chance to stack some more wins, um, coming up, you know, now where's this going to lead to? I can't help, but think it's going to lead to, Oh, maybe we'll get to the divisional round and there'll be some sort of heartbreak in store. I don't, I hope not. But, I mean, so far right now, they're looking strong. Um, and, and I think certainly they're going to be in the conversation um, to be potentially one of the favorites to come out of the NFC, uh, to win the NFC this year. Um, be with, with Arizona, with the Rams would be, would be my three right now that are, are, the, are the three best teams in the NFC. And I haven't even mentioned Tampa Bay, the defending champions. I mean, they still got Tom Brady. So, I mean, they could swoop in. Um, and and win again so we'll, we'll see what happens let's talk a little bit of wrestling to conclude uh, this first segment uh, we had crown jewel on thursday there wasn't really any major shocks um you know roman reigns retained Big E retained uh the women's championship matches there was a little bit of a surprise i i thought they would try and do a switch since they're switching brands but they didn't, and we'll talk more about what happened on SmackDown last night a little bit later. Um, congratulations, Zelina Vega. I think I think that was a good uh, pick for the Queen's crown. Um, I think that will be a good run for her. I mean, I know there was a lot of criticism on how the uh, Queen's crown uh, tournament was booked. Um, but, I, you know, overall, I, I think that um, – She's probably the best option to go with, and I'm really happy that uh, Xavier Woods won 
the king of the ring. Uh, I thought that was the, that was your best pick, and I, I would love to see him get a run with a singles title. I think you know at some point he could be WWE Championship material, and it'd be it'd be really fun to see maybe the New Day like triple threat match for the WWE title. I think that would be really entertaining. Um, but you know, overall, you know, WWE did WWE did the what was the best thing for them in there, make all that money off the Saudis and then come back safely without any sort of delay on the plane. Uh, we did have SmackDown last night, um, which last night was when the quote unquote draft picks were on their new show and the roster is now locked. They can't appear on each other's shows. Um, I think they still are because we've got survivor series coming up, which typically that's, you know, brand versus brand, um, supremacy. I think certainly we're going to end up with a Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair match at Survivor Series. Um, I think that's, you know, book it. I don't like the title switch thing where, you know, hey, I'm on the red brand, but I have the blue brand belt. Let's just switch. I would have preferred one of two things. Number one, I would have preferred that they drop the belts at, you know, between the draft and going to their new new show. The reality is Charlotte Flair doesn't need to be champion. Becky Lynch, I mean, I'm enjoying her heel character, but it's not like she really needs to be champion to get over it with the crowd. I think you could have given those titles to other uh, stars to probably help them establish, get them over. Um, so you could have done that. I mean, you could have done that. I think the other thing, and it, and maybe this is the route we might be going towards is make the survivor series match champion versus champion, both belts on the line. And maybe we get a Becky two belts again, or maybe this is the time Charlotte flair is both champions and you can have both of them have the both belts for a while. And then, you know, have, have, have them drop one of the belts eventually against an opponent. Um, but I mean, just switching it, I just, it's, it's hokey to me to do that. Uh, the other big development, you know, Brock Lesnar's quote-unquote suspended indefinitely. In other words, he still has his sweetheart contract where, you know, he only works, you know, three, four matches a year and just goes back home, you know. So I, I expect we'll, I expect we will see him back by the Royal Rumble. Um, now it'll be interesting to see are they going to set up Brock versus Roman at WrestleMania or, you know, could you see Brock go over to Raw and maybe feud with Big E and and that be the main event. Or I'd love to, you know, we've talked about Brock versus Bobby Lashley. Could you be uh, barreling towards that possibly? I don't know. But it'll be interesting to interesting to see what happens there. So um, we'll go ahead and take the break. And when we come back, we are going to have the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. And this week's tip, I'm going to give you a book recommendation. And welcome back to the Chris Carpenter Show. We're going to end today with the Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. And this week's tip, I'm going to give you a book series recommendation. So I love to read. Um, That's one of my favorite things to do. And I read a lot. I mean, I've read, I think, over 100 books this year already. Um, So one of my favorite series, and I discovered this series several years ago, is a a series by, by the author Mike Lawson. And it's about this character called DeMarco, and it's a political, it's a political um, series 
Um, this guy DeMarco is a fixer for the Speaker of the House. And inevitably, there's some sort of mystery, some sort of adventure he gets into every week, or not every week, every book series. I think it should be made into something. I think there's money there, by the way. Um, but, you know, um, basically like this last one, uh, he ended up in Wyoming uh, trying to solve a murder um, of a friend of his. Uh, there was, there's been one about presidential candidates, about secret service. If you're into political thrillers, I think you would really like it, but it's a fun mystery. You learn a lot of, about in the American political system in this series. Um, there's been, I think 15, uh, books in the series so far. Um, but it's Mike Lawson is the name of this, of the, of the author. And usually it's house something or another, like house secrets or, house ring, things like that. But that'd be my recommendation. My tip of the week this week is, you know, if you're interested in finding a new book, uh, book or books to read, take a chance at the Mike Lawson series. Um, it is available on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Um, but this, that has been the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. So anyway, I uh, hope everybody has a great week. We're going to talk a little bit of Halloween next week as well because we'll be right there on All Halloween Eve or All Hallows Eve or whatever they call it. And we'll have some fun next week with that. But hope everybody has a great week. And I will see you next week on The Chris Carpenter Show.